Episode 21 of Behind the Sport. Uh, Shane here, Brent, over in his lounge room as usual. In the games room, yep. We're going to stay with karting. We were on karting last week. Um, Usually our format is that this week we'd have someone from the big leagues, so to speak. Yep. Um, But this week we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to stay local. And we actually have the winner of the 125 Restricted Class, uh, King of the Hill, Tom Bosher, joining us. Um, Yeah. Again, I've pronounced his name right. If not, sorry. Um, We'll get him in right now. Thanks for joining us, mate. Sorry about introducing you wrong. Uh, Last name's actually Bosher, not Bosher. So... um, Better correct myself there. How are you today, buddy? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's been, it was an amazing weekend, right? So, um, yeah, still still sort of on cloud nine after that. Yeah, look, they, um, that was my first karting event that I've ever been to, um, you know, and Belmont Karts. They're probably going to sue me one day for bagging me out the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Belmont <laughs> Karts doesn't count as go-karting. <laughs> Um, and I've been there a few times. Um, I'm definitely not fast in any of their cards, but um, holy crap, you guys are maniacs! Like, you're absolutely maniacs. Well, you guys are going, you know, down that straight into you know the first corner, side by side, rubbing each other, buddy. You know, you almost got your hands out pushing each other off the track at some stage. Um, and as you go around that first bend, it's you, know, you sort of go into the these S's at the Hurricane Go Kart Club, and you know flying over curbs and again hitting each other. And there was at one stage there was another cart was caught up on the back of another one, and you know they didn't slow down; they just kept going. And you know the other one was trying to sort of bounce his way off. And well, what sort of maniac are you guys? I I I don't know. I, I look. You know, it, it's funny. I think, um, you know, with with racing, I think when you're in that seat, you know, there's there's that element of you feel controlled. You feel like you, you know, you've got that element of control. You're planned. You're strategic. You're going after things. And sure, there's there's times when it all the, the plans go out the window and it's sort of resort to plan B. But the, the only time I've ever really felt that uh, really got that idea of how fast karting was was uh, when my seven year old daughter. Um, jumped in a cart and, and sort of ran down the straight at probably 70 odd k's an hour. And I'm just thinking, break, just break, please break. Um, but no, no, look, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a maniac in any way, shape or form, but um, uh, absolutely just love the racing. It's a, it's a huge buzz. You know, it really is. So how did you, how was, how did you get involved with motorsport? What was your first, uh, I guess, trip into motorsport as a fan and then onto a competitive side of things. You know, it was um, my my uncle. So um, I was about five years old, and he had a uh, he had a Ford Falcon uh, GDHO Phase Three. So long story about that, but it was a car that he bought for about ten thousand dollars, and he sold it um, probably about five five ten years ago, and he sold it for for four hundred thousand dollars. You know, so but um, but back at the time, um, he would race that at the drag strip at Ravenswood, which was probably about 
an hour or so away from where we lived. Um, and I remember growing up around it and just, just absolutely just being um, so excited by going down there on the weekends that he raced. Um, and then I think that sort of progressed and my, my, my dad actually worked for uh, Canon, you know, the, the camera company. And um, he managed to get this poster of uh, Nigel Mansell's car, you know, back in that, that real iconic livery with the, uh, the, the, the yellow, the blue, the big Canon signs all over the, you know, and I had that above my bed head and it was kind of like, you know, I worshipped that, uh, you know, uh, Nigel Mansell and that, that, that sort of Williams team. So, um, yeah, that's probably my earliest recollections of motorsport. And so when when did you make the first entry into doing something competitive with motorsport? It's funny, you know, you were talking about Belmont Carts before. So um, so there used to be, we'll, we'll go back to that. Um, we, uh, I, I was, I was in high school and, um, and a job offer came, or a job, job ad came out, you know, I was in like year 10, year 11. And, um, and the, the, the job was for O'Connor go-karts. And I thought, wow, this, this, this sounds incredible. Right. So I think it's closed down now. I don't even think it's there anymore, but, uh, went, went out there, did an interview. They, they worked out that I could, I could add up, you know, I could do sums and they thought, yep, that's, that's good enough to get the job. Um, and then I started I started sort of uh, one of the perks of the job was that you could you could drive go-karts when there was no customers there. And we had some Speedway um, drivers come in. They'd flown over from Eastern States, I think it was, and they went out. And, and the boss at the time said, look, you go give them a run. And, uh, and I finished the run with them. And I, I beat them all, obviously, knew the track and everything like that. And, and they said, oh, what do you race? And I said, I, I don't race. And... Um, from that moment, it was it was quite a cool thing. So the uh, the the boss that I had at the go karts, he actually put me on this repayment program where he he actually gave me his go kart um, to go racing, and he said I could pay it off through my wages. Now I was I was probably earning about six dollars an hour, so it was a long long repayment cycle. But uh, but yeah, that sort of got me into racing. When you stepped out of the um, the Belmont slash kind of cart type thing where do you where did you head first what what category did you jump into so i raced um jays so jays was uh it was was 100 cc was like the feeder category um but it was really competitive um and and i loved it you know we i remember having my dad's you know old colt and i had to you know this mitsubishi colt that didn't quite work and didn't stay in gears and going to the bp service station and and getting a trailer and trying to work it all out for the weekend and, and yeah, going racing for the weekend. Um, and, and it was almost immediately. And I think one of the things with go-karting is you, you build these relationships and, and straight away you begin networking. And that's where we sort of got brought into one of the teams at the time. And I started work racing with them and they, they supported us with some of the transportation and the, the logistics around carts and building engines. And before you know it, you, you, you knee deep, if you know what I mean. The, um, in terms of your first competitive outing in one of these carts, how was your first competitive outing? It, it was, you know, I remember it. So well. I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone does, you know, it was one of those moments where you just think that you, you almost think it's like formula one, you, you've made it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just such an exciting moment. Yeah. You're finally in this 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 cart. You're you're in a field and you've got this opportunity to prove yourself and show how quick you are. And I remember it um, it it had just started raining and and I, I definitely couldn't afford 
you know, wets or anything like that. So, so it was a case of going out on slicks and, and, and being on P plates, he started at the back of the field. And I came through this field on my, you know, on my slicks, you know, it had just started raining and I just got closer and closer to the front. And I think I got up to something like seventh and I was just like, here, here we go. And then I put, you know, the, the outside tire on a, on a white line and the car just spun around and I ended up in the dirt backwards. Um, but it, it was, it was so cool to think, you know, you, you're sort of sitting there and it was, you know, not, not to quote, um, who is it? Uh, Brian Spilner, you know, Paul Walker from, uh, from, from Fast and the Furious, but it was like, I almost had you type moment, you know, it was like, uh, I, I, I almost, I almost had you, you know, but, uh, but yeah, obviously ended up in the sand backwards and, and, uh, I had to clean that out before the next race, but yeah. That was a pretty cool story. We've, we've had some pretty cool ones, you know, from people retiring before they got lapped and, um, a young, young fellow who, you know, got, got offside of the officials at one club. So, in his first race and uh, ended up at another club the week after. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so there's, there's some pretty cool stories, you know, and it, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool to hear these. So you've, you've, how long have you been racing karts now for? Look, I, I started, um, it would have been, I think 2000. So um, 2000, I would have been, yeah, 17 to give the age away, I guess. But uh but yeah, 17, 18 years old. And, and it's funny, it was around the same time that uh, Daniel Ricardo started racing karts as well. Um, you know, he was obviously a midget and I was, I was a senior, but um, it was a really interesting time. There was a lot of money in the sport. Um, there probably wasn't a huge amount of parity in the sport as well, you know, so I guess you, um, you either had a quick engine or you didn't have a quick engine. And I think um, for me, you know, I did a couple of years and we, we were fairly successful at that J level. Um, and then we tried to sort of make the step up and that's when, you know, you sort of move out of home and you start realizing that you got to pay your own way, you know, and your own bills And it, it. The sport itself just became too, I wanted it to be competitive, but it became too expensive to pursue. And it was a case of, you know, um, get a real job and work out how to pay the bills and go-karting will come later. So, so yeah, I did that for a few years and then, and then, yeah, we, we came back in 2015. Um, and coming back in 2015, it was really a case of okay, I've 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 sort of done the career stuff, you know. We've we've sort of we're paying the bills now. We've got the family, and now it's a case of coming back and in, enjoying myself, you know. So, in those uh, days with Ricardo on track, and I've got to ask obviously because you know he's in F1 and uh, gone on to you know doing great things, and hopefully next year at McLaren, which. Um, Last year, I actually said before he signed his Renault deal, I was like, I hope he goes to McLaren and then he signed Renault. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry, the year before, whenever it was, 2018. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm pretty happy he's going to McLaren. But did, do you have any, did you have many interactions? I mean, obviously, he was in a different class you know, than you, but you know, did you have any, many interactions with him? You know, I'll, I'll say what I find amazing um, is that there, there, there were all the because I think he was in the midget class or cadet class or something like that at the time when I would have been I would have been racing seniors, but I remember him and it's not for any other reason than he he had this big mess of you know um, black yeah. sort of curly hair and he had this massive smile like the smile that you see on him is exactly the smile that I remember when he was when he was racing and I, so so I don't think he stood out for you know his performance necessarily at the time and I don't think he stood out for any other reason than just he was his personality even at that age. And I think 
you know, you look at what he's done in the sport now and the way that he, he interacts with Lando Norris and that, 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 you know, what is Daniel Ricciardo? I think, I think he's had that ever since he was this big type thing, you know, and um, it's just, it's funny for no other reason. I, I remember that about him. Yeah. And I mean, I, I managed to get a bit of Tom uh, with Joe Ricciardo at a, race, a couple of race mates ago and completely opposite persona. I just, Joe's just so quiet and reserved, um, at least in public. I don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but, you know, it's just, yeah. But, um, yeah, that smile, I can imagine, would be very memorable to, uh, to see. So, King of the Hill on the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, you won in the 125 restricted class. What's what's been your best result to date prior to this? Look, I've I've been really really quite fortunate, and I guess you know King of the Hill. Um, that's so. This is my third time winning King of the Hill, which which is, to be honest with you, it it, it makes me I'm quite I'm really proud of that, you know. But at the same time, the every time you go to King of the Hill, it's it's the event that you want to win, you know. It's the it's the one that's probably got the most prestige around it. It's the one that, um, you know, you get the big fields at, you get the competitors. And, and yeah, I mean, look, my, my first win at King of the Hill, um, you know, it, it was a really cool one, you know, and I remember at the time they had fireworks and you had the, the mayor of, uh, or the mayor of, uh, of York present the trophies and everything like that. And it felt like a big deal, you know, and back, back to when I was saying, you know, the first time you sort of jump in that go-kart and you sort of go for that race and you, you think you're in Formula One, it kind of gives you that, you know, it's got all the elements that make it special, you know. So um, King of the Hill has definitely been the uh, the event that's that stuck with me, I think. The um, the plastic crown I saw on the weekend, the uh, blow-up crown, do you get to keep that or is that something you got to give back? I I had to rescind my, um, my crown almost immediately. Um, I, I uh, uh, pretty much went up onto the podium, put the inflatable crown on and then um, sort of walked back with the inflatable crown. And then uh, I'll sort of usher it over to give it to Jay because then Jay had to share the crown. So, um, so, 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 so I didn't get to keep the throne for very long, no. That's unbelievable. I think we should have a chat with Tony about this. I'll talk Tony and tell him like, they need to sort that out. Yeah, they should be giving you guys those inflatable crowns to take home. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the trophy behind you looks pretty cool, but, you know, inflatable crown, come on. You know, um, the the crown's one thing, but trust me, I got back home and I tried to tell my kids that they have to they have to uh, announce me as the king, and and that failed too. So um, so so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of injustices behind this story, but you know we'll look past them. <laughs> they get like one of those you know throne chairs and you know be carried into the you know carried onto the uh, oh actually that's an idea. You know they could sit you on your in your cart. And then, like, carry you to the grid next year because you're the reigning king. Are you thinking like Roman Colosseum type thing? Like, perhaps I can be the honorary starter or something like that. Well, no, I don't, well, you could, but if you're competing, <laughs> yeah, you could be like the old uh, Jerry the King Lawler in uh, the WWE, and you know when he used to be carried into the ring and. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, but um, you know, carried down to the grid. I think we, I think we need to run this by Tony. What do you reckon, Brent? Absolutely. 
<laughs> so either that or we'll just end up with a WWE type ring at the track. <laughs> For Shane and all his dumb ideas. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's not the dumbest one we've had, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's definitely come from you, Brent. Um, the In terms of, you know, you're in the 125 restricted, is there any plans to step up categories, you know, maybe go into the KA2, KZ2s or anything like that? Look, it's... So I guess when I got back into karting in 2015, there was, there was this piece where I thought, you know what, I'm going to I want to join, um, uh, I want to get back into the restricted category. And then it was a case I wanted to go and race masters. So, so I'm sort of approaching my forties and, and at the time I was approaching 35 and, and back then, um, I was 34 years old when I started karting again and at 35, you could join masters. So, so the whole intent was come back, race restricted, jump into masters and that's a state state category and, and run with that. Literally the year I joined, they changed the age limit from 35 to 40. So I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this holding pattern at the moment. And look, the intent is to absolutely just, just get into masters. And I've got about a year and a bit left on, on that one. So um, look, I don't really have an ambition to, to jump into, you know, keep, keep sort of running up that that's the ambition is to get into masters. Um, but I can tell you right now, like getting out of a go-kart um, after a race like King of the Hill, and, 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 and I can literally feel my heart pulsating through my race suit after I've been practicing cardio and everything for the last three weeks in the lead up to the event. And then you look at the 17-year-old the guy next to you who, who hasn't broken a sweat. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to Masters because I'm, I'm starting to really feel quite old, I must admit. I, I don't know what it was, but I mean, I, I was just on the sidelines wandering around taking photos and chatting and stuff and... For some reason, it really took it out of me as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's something about karting. Maybe like it's just there's something for us old people that you know sucks the life out of us at the event. You know, by the end of the day, because I was pretty wrecked by yesterday, and and I wasn't even racing. Like, it was bizarre. It, it it is. I mean, it's it's pretty intense day, isn't it? I mean, you you think about the uh, so forget the lead up or anything like that, but just the day itself you're getting up, you know, for us, it was sort of an hour to travel to the track. So you're sort of getting up at maybe four thirty-five o'clock in the morning, you're jumping in the car, you're getting to the track, qualifying starts at 7.45, you've done the, the, the warm-up, you've done the track walk, then then really you're sort of not leaving there until sort of nine, 10 o'clock at night. It, it is a really long day and it's quite an intense day as well. So, you know, you're coming back in after your race and then you're thinking about, okay, set up, changes, get that ready. And before you know it, you're back on the track again. So, so I think the day can can really really fly past, but uh, really take it out of you as well. I think that was one of the things that really surprised me as well, and you know, kept me entertained was as a spectator, there was minimal downtime. You know, it was just recovery of carts, um, you know, from out of the out of the sand traps, um, and that was it. You know, otherwise it was like as soon as that last cart was off the track, gates open. Formation laps starting, uh, warm up starting, formation lap, and off they go again. And yeah, you know, it was it was awesome. You know, the, the circuit racing, I love circuit racing, but the downtime between races is really off putting. I think to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and I think karting, you know, or especially the, you know, I'm not sure what other karting events. You know, I can't 
can't say I'm an expert because it's my first event. But, you know, based on what I saw out at Hurricane Go-Kart Club, you know, the way King of the Hill was run was fantastic. Yeah. 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 But um, so explain to people who are listening, and I think we sort of got Tony to do this as well in between laughing about Belmont Carts. Don't sue us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get sued. Disclaimer. (laughs) Hey, look, to me, they're getting all this free advertising, so maybe they should pay me. Right. Um, So Belmont Carts, there's a lot of champions of Belmont Carts, as Tony put it. Um, How would you describe the difference between stepping out of one of those carts and into you know, your first card, your first proper card. You know, I guess you know, and and when I worked at the O'Connor cart um, uh, cart hire place, you know, you sort of got these A-frame go karts, and they're pretty rudimentary, and they've got these tires that have done a million laps. But it's all about giving someone an experience, so they get an experience that's low to the ground, you know. Um, and then you jump in a real go kart, you know, you jump in a um, the, the the real go car and and the thing is it feels like a scalpel in comparison you know so everything that felt quite raw and visceral becomes even more raw and visceral and you know in terms of that feeling and that ability you know you turn in and you start to get these feelings through the cart in terms of okay we've got understeer we've got oversteer and you start you start being able to relate back to all those those interviews you heard with Alan Prost and Ed and Senna and Michael Schumacher and and it it's just incredible. You know, you start to feel tires going off coming on and then you've got this, this engine next to you that, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of producing 30, 40 horsepower, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, but it's revving to 16, 17,000 RPM. You know, it's, it's, it is just a, it is a really uh, intense experience. It's just so raw, but the feedback that you get, it's just unlike anything that you can, you, you can describe, you know, and you can understand why you've got your, your Jamie Wing Cups, your, you know, the, the V8 supercar drivers, your Formula One drivers, your Charles Leclerc's, all going back to a KZ or a, or a go-kart in the off-season, you know. Um, it really is like un, unlike anything else. And I think one of the challenges with our sport is the fact that you, you know, you, you sort of say to someone, what are you doing on the weekend? You say, I'm, I'm going racing. And, and exactly to your point, you know, you, you sort of... Uh, they, they say, oh, what do you race? And, and I don't know what they're expecting, but when you say go-kart, it's like, oh... I race go-karts, you know, I, I was really quick this one time at an adventure world. Um, you know, I beat everyone, um, you know, so I, I think unfortunately the imagery that goes with, uh, uh, with the, with the term go-kart probably doesn't, doesn't sell it as well as what it should. If someone was interested in going in getting into karting, you know, would you, would you say to them, you know, go have a bash at, at Belmont Carts first, or would you say, come out to the track and see the, you know, get in a real one first? Yeah, look, I think, and, and I think, you know, all your cart hire places, they give the experience. And I think that's fantastic. So someone who wants to go and spend 20, 30, $40 and, and go and get an experience. I think that's, that's fantastic. If you're looking for something serious, you know, there's so many, um, there's so many opportunities to go and do like a drive, arrive and drive type opportunity through, you know, someone like flat out carts. Um, where you can go and test the cart and actually feel it, and if that's if that's where you want to go, then you know you can you, you can sort of progress from there. But they're, they're just very different things, you know. So if you're serious about it, then yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to 
to put your toe in the water, I think. Speaking of uh, flat-out cuts, one of, one of the amazing things that I saw at the, you know, the event was you know, the the tent setups and you know, you've had flat-out carts and they had an amazing heater in their, in their um, area, um, which I may have sat in front of for a little bit at some stage of the day. Um, you know, BRM uh, was pretty well set up as well. Uh, although they didn't have a heater, so I didn't spend much time down there. Um, and, you know, Kip Foster's area was was massive, you know, you know down sort of the back of the paddock area. Um, but even, like, the smaller teams, you know, they, they had really cool setups, um, you know, team uniforms, you know, sponsors' logos everywhere. It's just – it was – and I think Tony – when he said to me, oh, you know, it was said to us last week, you know, it's like a mini Formula One sort of thing. Mm. And I admit, I sort of went, yeah, all right, whatever, you know, sort of thing. But rocking up and I was like, actually, you know, like, you know, okay, you don't have the motorhomes, but, um, you know, just that professionalism of everyone and, you know, how they're presenting themselves. Yeah. Do, do you, are you racing for a team, like a team or are you privateer or... How are you running things? Yeah, look, it's 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 so interesting. Where, look, we we're absolutely aligned with with flat out and you know flat out cars. We've got we've got Greg Dicker and you know we've got Sam Dicker and and it feels more like a family than anything else. And I think to a point, you hold yourself um, because you you know to a point where you're representing that team. So so when we're successful, we represent the team. When we when 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 we're not where we need to be the way that we interact and the way we speak and the way that we, you know, our actions represent the team. And I think, you know, whenever we come back in after a race meeting, it's a case of going and you debrief with everyone in that tent, everyone who's outside of that tent, all the flat out teams. And we speak about tire pressures, where the track's at, what it's like. And I think that networking and that, that support capacity that you get from being a part of a team, it's a huge advantage. And, and, you know, um, on top of that, um, that support, like I said, it's, it's, it's like a family environment. So flat out, I've just got this, um, you know, been really, we've been really fortunate to align with them, but um, the way they look after us, it's, it's incredible, you know, um, and, and definitely attribute a lot of the success we have had to that, that support network and, and that, that, that flat out team. Yeah, I caught up with um, Joe Bedgick, who was uh, we had on the show a few weeks ago, and he was racing with them, and you know, he was just saying the same thing. You know, it's just amazing being able to step into that environment and be well looked after. And um, although I'm sure you guys were probably glad you didn't hear what they were yelling at you from the sidelines during your races, but um, you know, at one stage I had the whole flat out team standing right in front of me, and uh, Greg was right in front of me as well, and I. I don't know who was on track at the time, but someone was doing something they weren't happy with. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I, and I think it was um, the, the way they were sort of yelling was, you know, it, it, it seemed more family than, you know, like that coach um, athlete sort of interaction, you know, it was just like, Oh, this bloody idiot, you know, sort of thing rather than, you know, yeah, so it was pretty good. It was pretty cool to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you, I couldn't tell you which race it was, but um, 
yeah, they were all hanging over the fence yelling at someone. So. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Through the weekend, I was definitely given some constructive criticism in my uh, my, my passing, uh, my, my my ability to make moves when they counted, and I think um, that that probably came to fruition in the final. So pretty pretty fortunate to get that feedback right up until the final, and then sort of apply it then. But uh, could have been me they were yelling at. <laughs> <laughs> the um... Back on the, uh, with with Joe, the other thing that Joe found said he found really interesting because that was his third meet, um, third ever karting meet, and he was saying that uh, you know he's he's been racing F one thousands and radicals up at Wanneroo, and he said the difference between you know like everyone in the radicals and the um, the the F1000s, you know, they're obviously very mindful of, you know, where each other is on the track and, um, you know, they're not bumping into each other and all that. And for him, it was such a um, shock, I think, is, is the polite words he used. Um, you know, the bumping and the elbows out and all that sort of stuff. How do you, how do you get used to that? Is that just something that you just develop over time, you know, with the red mist, as you were talking about earlier, or, or um, you know, did you have to actually consciously work to, you know, go, yep, yeah, I'm going to just fully bump into that guy if he hits me sort of thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but um, I, I think that would get me into trouble. But I, I think the, um, look, in terms of, I think it's just such a there's so much strategy and there's so much tact you know so many so much tactics to sort of form into it. I think you almost make your own fate on this one. So if you put yourself into a really um, vulnerable position, you know you don't qualify well or you put yourself down into the pack, you're going to just open yourself up for a lot of that contact. You know it's, it gets quite busy in that section. So I think it's it's cart placement. It's being on the track at the right place. You know there's there's so much that goes into um, to getting that position. And then even in terms of, you know, when, you, when you're overtaking, I mean, look, no different than any other motorsport, but in karting, because your, your margins are so small, um, you know, half a tenth, a tenth is a, is a huge amount on a track that's 36 seconds long. Um, it's also about making sure that you're not just making a passing move wherever, it, wherever it's available, but doing it in the place that slows you both down the least amount of time. Because um, the last thing you want to do, and, and, and like in our race, you saw, you know, we we, we sort of um, uh, us fighting. We, we we brought another car. We brought we brought Daniel Daniel into the shot. You know, so all of a sudden it went from just two of us fighting for a win to to three of us fighting for a win on the uh, on the penultimate lap. You know, so it was, uh, yeah. I think it's about being as tactical as you can in those sort of situations. Yeah, that, that race was pretty damn cool. I have to say. So watching you guys, yeah, battling it all out. And, um, I did I did see in one of the races. Um, Going into, oh, I wouldn't even know what to call the turn, where the shortcut comes across, and you got that turn that sort of around there. The bus stop, the the, bus the hard stop. braking zone. Yeah, yep. Yep, the bus stop. Um, the one of the guys sort of got tapped in the previous corner, and then going into the bus stop. Um, so he sort of came across and hit him that way. There's a tight, slight tap, and then went around and. The guy that got tapped just went fully launched himself into the other guy <laughs> in the bus stop, caused him to go off into the sand, um, and I think he came second. And I didn't see any like flag waved or anything, or even hear his name get called. Is that sort of like a fair fair bump sort of situation, or is 
or is that maybe people weren't looking that should have been looking? Yeah, yeah, that kind of sounds like maybe there was uh, there wasn't too many eyes on that on that one, but but I think look, there, there definitely is a case of um, you know it's really important the people that you race with, you know, so you're looking for the right people to race, and I think there's different classes with different levels of animosity and different levels of sort of uh, intensity. Let's just put it that way, and I think you know. I, I class myself as a bit of a gentleman driver, you know, so it's a case of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit old now and it's a case of I want to go and race with people who race cleanly and fairly. And I think, I think, you know, if you're getting into karting, you can find the right category that suits you. You know, if you want that super intensity, you know, you're looking at some of the tag classes, you're looking at KZ2, you know, those, those things are just absolutely wild. And the, the, the caliber of driver in those are, is incredible as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's the time of the show that I hand over to Brent um, so that uh, he can stop drinking his beer. Um, and he'll, uh, yeah, he's got his own set of questions and then we'll come back to me for a couple and then, um, yeah, we'll end up wrapping it up. So over to Brent. Um, I apologise in advance every episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where this leads us. No, nah, this, this would be nice and good. So, uh, like... Like Shane, I don't have a, a a big karting background. I've got a lot of very good friends that have karted over the years, raced over the years, um, been in motorsport, you sort of get around it. Um, but, uh, yeah, newish – well, not new to – I've been in WA about three and a bit years now, so starting to uncover a bit more of the scene here. And, um, you know, the flat-out guys seem to be just dominating from the weekend. I think they won just about everything. I did incredibly well, you know, and, um, and, and again, I think that's a part of that team piece, you know, you've sort of got uh, that, that incredible group of people who sort of just band together. And I think we work really well as a unit to get those results. So, um, uh, but there's some serious talent in that team as well. Right. And that, that, that's all the way from a driver perspective to a, um, to, to the engine builders, to the, to the chassis, to the setup, you know, the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. It takes the whole lot. And that's, um, I think that's what I like the most about motorsport. And that's sort of like when I talked to Shane originally when we started this podcast way back, um, that's, I like that whole team side of motorsport that everyone forgets about because they see just the driver, you know, even like supercars, Formula One, there's hundreds of people involved in getting that car around the track, not just the nut behind the wheel. So it's kind of cool to see it on such a professional level locally it's it's really cool um so on the weekend you were extremely consistent now is that just from banging out hundreds of laps or is there a secret to getting that consistency in race pace because I, th- I saw a post from greg where you had a 34 17 a 34 17 a 34 18 bang in a row like man if i can string three together at, at wanneroo I, I am absolutely stoked if i can get them within you know quarter of a second let alone bang on the money yeah look it's, it's it's something absolutely look i think i think it's it's seat time it's laps it's about you know uh, i think everyone's got sort of a simulator at home these days for when you can't get to the track you, tr- you you're just trying to get as much seat time whether it's virtual whether it's real world whatever it be but i think probably consistency is one of my one, one of the things i do okay at you know i do pretty well and i think if if, if anything you know when we when you're looking at um, some people you can you don't necessarily have the fastest lap of the race, but the fact is, is that you can drop in the same lap time after time after time after time, and it's just what builds that advantage. You know, especially where you've got some free air and you can just build a gap. So, it's definitely something I focus on is that consistency. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's cool to hear. So, with that um, with that consistency, um, you, you mentioned the simulator being a part of it. 
Um, do you, and I know there's some good karting sims out there. Do you do karting or do you do eye racing or what's, what's the sort of the go-to for your simulator fix? Yeah, look for me, it's um, it's it's a set of Corso, so so I really I really enjoy a set of. I think the physics are uh, quite spectacular. It was funny. I had um, one of one of my teammates from Flat Out actually. He came over on the weekend, and uh, we, we did a bit of a celebration on the Sunday night after King of the Hill. He yeah. jumped on the simulator, and we started. You know, um, we we sort of have having a bit of friendly competition, and on the front of my car, I run twenty five mil stubs, which is a bit different than what everyone else normally runs on these these thumb up tires that we have he runs 17 mil stubs and immediately he jumped on and he's just like oh it's so twitchy and it took about five laps and he came in he, he sort of said to us he jumped off and he's like i know why you run 25s now it's because your simulator's set up to, to be so pointy you know and um it, it's really yeah it's interesting you know i think uh you, you do so much time in the sim and then it translates directly to the racetrack you know in many instances so yeah oh that's cool yeah set of courser is definitely um Pretty good. Have you tried um, Auto Mobilista 2 yet? I have not, and I've heard really good things about it, really good things. I, I know when I've driven iRacing, I, I, I do find, and I know it's a common criticism, there's like that uh, that point at which the cart just seems to turn, and it, yeah. it's maybe not as progressive. You can't drive past the limit. You can only drive up to the limit. Um, yeah, and then it sends you for six. Yeah, which I, you know, I, I think part of that balance is that neutral steer or that that slight counter yep. steer. You want you want to be able to push that and feel that. And I'm 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 not sure I've felt that in eye racing yet. But uh, no, I've, I've got to try automobiles. Uh, so yeah, that's that's absolutely. I'm actually sitting in my sim at the moment. I'm in the games room, so I have got a, a racecraft sim, um, and I you finally just made it tweak for me. So in my race car, I run it at probably it's the category we run, and we have to run to that size wheel but i run it a little bit under tired for the power it's got because i like to sit it on the tire that feeling when you know that like in the bowl of my cars on rails in my eyes and it's um you know you've got no more either way but it just sits there it's it's perfect and you can't get that in um very well in, in i racing it but i reckon in project cars of all the like project cars more of an arcadey platform project cars i get it I can run a radical on project cars and, and feel really at home. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny. I, I think there's elements of so many sims. Like I'll I'll go even one further from you as well. Like you talk about project cars. I find um, you know even even Forza. Sometimes you can actually run Forza, and some of the dynamics, some of the the, the handling elements in there are actually they're pretty good you know so maybe not as a whole package it's all there but there's some elements that you can you can you can actually you can really learn from you know yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah with that um yeah forza as well like project cars it's a little bit like i racing like everyone wants to be competitive so i like racing people sometimes it just doesn't sign up i've got young kids like yourself i've got work i've got other projects going on and i just can't sit there and wait for the right race to come up um, sometimes you just want that instant gratification or I've got a mate in Melbourne and another mate that we, we drive it quite regularly. And sometimes it's just, yeah, um, get on uh, project cars or a set of course and it's just bang, done. We're in we're, and we're running. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I've i heard that they've often said, you know, like um, you've got your, your fours or in games like that. And they said that they're like a love letter to cars. And I think, you know, when, it, when you go deep down, look, if you like racing, you like, 
cars you know you like road cars yeah. and everything like that and sometimes you don't want to be so serious that you're in a you know it's it's not formula Absolutely. one 2020 or it's not a set of course so you know with the 2004 f1 car you just want to go and drive a um a, a type a r or nsx or a, yeah exactly yeah. you know you want to drive yeah. something that's got a bit of roll a bit of push a bit of lean you know and um they give it the fix don't they yeah, oh, absolutely, man. And that, that comment, that absolutely just uh, just made it all click for me. That's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, Masters, tell me a little bit more about the Masters. That's, so, the more I'm talking, the more I'm like, man, I should really just go buy a car. My kids, my boy's a little bit too young just yet. He's a year or a year and a bit away from driving. So, just, just tell the truth, Brent. It's because you're old and you're <laughs> slow. Yeah, so and that's, I'm old and slow. And I'm. And, and in my category that I race, and I'm about to put one of the, the kids from the um, Formula Ford series in my car because I'm just not competitive enough to do it justice. So, yeah. Is, is that, Tell is us that more nervous? about this. Is that, a, huh? is that a nervous moment to see how much faster they go? And all, all oh, no, I've, I've, I've done it before. So I've had a couple of lease cars as well. And with the XL Cup, I had a couple of XL Cup cars that I had young people in. Um, and one of them went out. He had only driven a race, a cart and simulators. And his first race, he was a second lap quicker than me. And it was um, heartbreaking, terrifyingly. No, it was actually good. And then there's a couple of races where he had a really good battle. And I was as stoked watching that as I would have been probably behind the wheel. And I'm hoping I get that same feeling when my kids start racing because, man, I'm, I'm a hack skill-wise compared to some of the guys. There's some really good races. Like, yeah, um, speaking of the Dickers, man, just weapons in those cup cars um yep. and then you move up into ip guys like nick medic um that he was racing with brm on the i oh know not brm he was with um i'm not sure who he's with on the weekend but yeah he was racing on the weekend and he um on the on the circuit absolute weapon at anything so you know guys and um, uni that's raced dirt carts and in the formula ford as well just guys got a lot more skill and they, they need to be you know it's a lot more uh if you want to be competitive sometimes it's better just to get the driver in the car as well yeah, look, the the feeling when I saw it, so my daughter's done a couple of practice sessions. She's not racing yet. And she's, like I said, she's seven. She's out there. There was this point, and I think it was her second practice session. She said she spent some time on the sim as well. Um, but she was out there and we're up at Coburn and, and she turned in and you saw the back end come around and she corrected it and she grabbed this big, this yeah. big oversteer moment and she didn't back out the throttle. She just sort of like metered it out and kept going. And I just about cried. It was like one of the most, it was one of the, I think her being born and and the oversteer moment are probably the two proudest moments. Uh, that I've, you know, it, it was just really cool, you know, yeah. and, and living, it's not living vicariously through your children, but I think it's more of a case of just, you experience so much enjoyment watching, watching your kids race, you know, or, or drive. It's really quite cool. Yeah. I think, um, and I actually had this conversation with a mate at the Speedway on the weekend and a big shout out to Allenbrook Speedway. They actually put in a wicked event on uh, Sunday. Um, but I, I was there in the morning and, and talked to a mate and uh, whose kid's now in a junior um, sedan. And he, and it's not about living vicariously, exactly. It's not about living vicariously through your kids. Like they naturally just follow you. Um, if they don't want to do what you're into, it, it wouldn't matter. You'd be there. But seeing them be excel and do better than you and um, generally enjoying it but being very good at their craft um, is like a whole different you know, things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, when I was young, I sort of played basketball because it was the only thing that was available to me. We couldn't go racing. Parents didn't have money and that wasn't really an option. Um, 
But if your kid wants to go and play basketball, they have to you buy them some high top shoes and you get them a basketball, right? The rest they can go find a court and everything like that. Racing is a is a really serious investment of money. You know, you, even to get a kid mm-hmm. racing, you're probably talking five to ten grand. You know, even if you're not buying brand new stuff, right? So it's a big investment. But you know, for for my daughter um, Victoria, you know, she uh, she goes to school and she tells the boys about what she does. And I think one of the things, you know, the boys and the girls, sorry about what she does. But I think one of the things that she's most proud of, and it's really um, it's not it's not something she said, but you can just see it in her mannerisms. Is she really enjoys putting on that that helmet and and not becoming she she's not a doesn't matter if she's a girl doesn't matter if she's a boy it doesn't matter anything like that you know it's not this isn't basketball where there's a there's a boys team and a girls team this isn't um afl yeah. where there's a girls team a boys team this is just one sport and every competitor is the same and there's a you can see it from her perspective like as a as a seven-year-old she goes out there and she's like dad I'm, I'm really fast and i mean we've got to check some of her expectations right we haven't put her out there with everyone just yet but uh but it's just cool. She dresses up in her race suit, she puts the helmet on and she's out there as a driver, you know, and um, yeah, it, 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 it makes quite proud, right? That, that is, that is very, very cool. And, and um, man, it's, if she's already confident now and has that car control now, imagine, imagine uh, where she's going to end up. There's some terrific um, female carters from New Zealand that are now in super two that we've had on the show with, um, um, Brad Jones team so that you know it's and they went straight from carts into super two you know which is incredible yeah Stewart and Josh Fife yeah so that's there's massive future ahead of her you know um which is cool um so uh the, the king of the hill you won it back in 2017 as well so yeah, I think so. Yep, sixteen, seventeen, and and twenty twenty now. So um, yeah. So you're the guy lucky. to beat until you go to masters, and and yeah. Pretty 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 lucky pretty lucky guy to be honest with you. And I think um, you know, we were talking about that team piece before and how important it is to surround yourself with the right people. And I think there's a lot of things in the background you that that you don't necessarily see when you jump out of that car. And one of them is is my wife, for instance, right? So 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 for me to race in in the class that I race in 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 restricted light, I I have to get down to about 77 kilos. Otherwise I wow. I, I don't make weight. And I, I, I normally um I, I enjoy burgers and I like dabbling in uh things uh, you know lots of uh lots of overeating at times. I think <laughs> am I yeah. yep. so um so you know I'm I'm normally around that 84 kilo mark, 83, 84 kilos. So so sometimes it's pretty significant loss. And I mean, like in preparing for this meet, you know, I I, I had to lose six kilos, and I had to lose that six kilos in in, in two and a half weeks. And wow. you know, that that team that Far out. You, you know that team that we're sort of talking about that dedication. My my wife literally cooked um, two meals. You know, one for the kids and herself, and then she cooked me just this small amount of protein and specific. You know, so she. For the, for the last two and a half weeks has been cooking me exactly what I need. And, and, and every night, instead of doing the dishes, she lets me go and jump on the, on the bike and do, you know, an hour and a half of cardio. And, you know, so there's, there's sort of sacrifices through the whole family. And there's, you know, to when, when you're standing there and you've got this uh, illustrious inflatable crown sitting on your head, um, <laughs> there's so much and so many people, and there's so much that's gone into getting to that point, you know, and yeah. um yeah, I'm I'm just so lucky to be able to surround myself with those people, whether it be my wife, my kids, the the flat out team, um, all of the people who sort of support you. Um, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot in that. So, 
That's a um, massive big shout out to your wife. That that is that is really cool. Um, so my spies have given me a couple of good good questions for you. So you've recently changed um, to a Rotax from an X30 for non-cart guys that don't know the differences. What's the reasoning there, and is that a con- controversial thing, or is that a, a consistency thing, or is that a Greg said this is better thing? Yep, yep. Hey, look. So I guess if you look at an X30, my preference is the X30. I, I love that engine. It, it revs incredibly hard and it's, it, it probably sounds and goes like you'd expect like a, a high-performance go-kart engine to be. However, I need to be, uh, my, my, my weight needs to be uh, 162 kilos to race with that. When I moved to a Rotax, they put a five-kilo weight bias or balance on top of that. Oh, okay. So, like so success so, balance sort of thing. Yeah, so it moves me up to 167 kilos. So what it means is that um, when I was racing the X30, I was always racing about six or seven kilos over and six or seven kilos in a go-kart, it, yep. it is a genuine difference in terms of pace. So moving to the uh, the Rotax means that I can have my KFC and and still race. So it's, it, it's a case of sort of, you know, um, it's a better balance for me. But um, yeah, it's something different as well. I've been racing the X30 for, for what, four years now. So um, new challenge, you know. Yeah. So, um, so the road tax, um, uh, it, you've got to carry five kilos more because it makes more power um, or it's a lighter engine. Is that, you know, just for the people out there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, it, it, it makes its power in different places. So, ultimately, it, it has a lot more pull. So, so what you'll do is you won't rev as high. So, you'd maybe be revving to a ceiling of like 14,000 RPM rather than revving to 16,000 RPM. But it makes power in different places, and I guess you know from that parity perspective, um, they've they the, I guess the uh, the you know Karting Australia has put that five kilos on to make sure that we got the right level of parity between the two different engines, and they can race the same yep. class. So yeah, no, uh, and that's that makes sense. But burgers over revs um, makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely does, and and yeah, it's kind of cool to see that that parity controlled that well, especially like the one two five is quite a competitive class because it's. It's uh, a lot of up-and-comers in that class. It's a step before KZs for a lot of people. Um, so that's kind of cool to see that parity controlled. And, um, yeah, it's, I had no idea it was controlled like that. It's very cool. Um, you've got um, – so multiple championships at King of the Hill there um, or multiple wins there. Is that your favourite track or have you raced a lot of other tracks or what is your favourite track? Put it out there as that question. Sure, sure. My um, King of the Hill has to be my favourite event, you know, as an event. I think it's just incredible, I think. Um, but in terms of my favourite track, look, my home track, which is Coburn, you know, the Henderson uh, yeah. track near, near me. I, I love that track and I've, I've, I've had a bit of success there as well, which has been really, really fortunate. But um, it's just, it's sort of a long track. It's a flowing track. You've got like, you know, um, a thousand plus metres. So you can really, you know, you've really got those hard braking zones and they're, they're probably the uh, the things that I I seem to do okay, but um, you know, Wandawi the the track itself it, it it's a real um, you get it right or you get it wrong, you know, and yeah. and, and 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 you know Wandawi back when I was racing a long time ago, I ended up on my, you know, you, you end up you know either going off the track, and if you go off the track, you've pretty much lost the race. So it's it's one of those tracks where it's sort of all or nothing, which is uh, which is really cool, really cool stuff. That is cool. Have you had a chance to go interstate yet? Obviously, COVID's stuffing that all for this season, but uh, have you had a chance to chase that yet? 
I I haven't, but I've been really fortunate. I've I've, I've managed to sort of do some like I drove a. Uh, I was over in the states last last year, and I managed to to get on a couple of um, the super speedways and, and do some uh, some NASCAR sort of uh, oh, awesome. driving. You know, yeah, really, yeah. really, really amazing stuff. You know, and you drive a NASCAR, and I think when you watch it on TV, it it looks overly simplified. When you go and drive the thing, and you feel how heavy, how um, how agricultural they are, and just yeah. brutal. You know, and you sort of you're driving down the straight, the steering wheel is sort of at an angle, right? And you're just thinking, okay, and the car starts to feel loose and you're doing maybe 140, 150 mile an hour because they're you know, obviously not a cup car or anything crazy like that. But but they're, they're, they're a car from a few years back. And then when you turn into the banking and there's this massive just compression and you just get to this point and the car just jumps in like this. And and the exciting part is you've got this letterbox for you and you don't see that on... on um, you don't see that on the TV. So, so you know, when you see them all bank up and they all crash on the banking and you yeah. think, why don't you just turn um the, the things that don't allow that is this letterbox view you know he's traveling so fast and you've got this letterbox view so you can only see so far in front of you and then the moment that you actually do hit the brakes in a nascar it doesn't stop like it's not yeah. it's not like what you they're not brakes in the same form of what we think so um yeah so i've been able to do a little bit a little bit outside of karting you know and obviously in a very informal sort of uh capacity but it's it's just nice experiences you know fun experiences Oh, that's that's awesome. That's cool to hear. Um, I've been told that you've got a pretty good collection of cars. Tell us a bit more about that. <laughs> I um. Or are we not allowed to talk about it because the wife doesn't know about half of them? I, I literally just bought another one last week. Um, and I we love got nowhere you. To, and we got nowhere to put it. Um, <laughs> this is like fantastic. I've I've got I've got a car that's going to my uncle's my uncle's on on the weekend, and that's going on a hoist. I've got another car that's at my sister's house, and I've got this other one that we we have no idea what's going to happen with it. So I love it. Um, oh, my my wife was she's going to listen to this and just go, "You're interviewing yourself, you idiot." <laughs> but you know what? So what happened is my um. So I spoke about my uncle's phase three before, and he made a massive amount of money on that. And I had another uncle who's who just sold a um a Tirana A9X, and it sold for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he bought that for seventy thousand ten years ago, and we uh we. My, my wife sort of said to me, you know, if you want to buy a car and you think you could make some money off it, go for it. And I, I bought this, uh, you know, the Colin McRae uh, ProDrive Blue with with gold um, wheels, you know, he's, he's a original yeah. Group A sort of car. And I found one of those, right? And it was pretty cheap. And anyway, I turned it around in like five months and made a 50% profit on it. My wife said to me, look, if you think you can do that again, go for it. it sort of snowballed after that point. So, you know, we sort of bought a uh, a one owner Integra Type R, you know, those things yeah. are incredible. They're seam welded chassis, you know, they the engine built by hand, yeah. you know. Um, then after that, that seemed to be making some really good money and we had some offers on it that were well in excess of what we what we paid for and it got featured in a magazine. So it's in a uh, shout out to um, Survivor, Australian uh, Survivor Car Magazine. So um, it's, in, it's in this month's issue. And then... Um, and then, yeah, bought another WRX, another one owner, you know, the Group A sort of homologation yeah. ones, and that's that's sitting somewhere at the moment. And then, uh, and then I recently just bought a uh, a Subaru SVX, um, which is kind of like with a yeah, weird car. Yeah, yeah. two hundred two hundred and forty nine ever sold, and um, yeah. and uh, they reckon less than less than hundred left in Australia. So this one's pearl white. Um, it's got those DeLorean yeah. windows on it, and that arrives hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So. Um, yeah, fairly eccentric sort of car collection, but but motorsport derived or, or design, you know. But yeah. but I think they're investments, right? I think that's, that's oh, absolutely, absolutely. How I've justified it anyway. So let's work with that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kicking myself for every one I've ever sold. You know, I've had GDRs and Mark One Escorts and old rotaries and 
man, they're all they're all. Um, yeah, I'd be able to put all the kids through uni if I kept any one of them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, does your wife run a training school for other wives to get that skill set of saying yes to your husband when he wants to buy something stupid? I'll check with her. I think she's just got patience. I think she just puts up with me. I don't know what I bring to the relationship. I often say that I have no idea what I bring, but um, but she puts up with me, and I'm I'm pretty fortunate with that. So I don't I don't, I don't want to I don't want to point out all of my shortcomings just yet. I just uh, <laughs> let's 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 let that deal keep running. You know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so with um, back to racing. Um, now I've just yeah figured that out. I got to send send my wife around next time I see us. Um, <laughs> With the racing, have you got any weird superstitions? Do you put on, you know, like the, every driver we've yep. talked to has had something funny that they do or not necessarily funny, just different, or if they don't do it, they get all weirded out? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't win unless I'm wearing purple undies. Um, it's yeah. Just a reality. That's just, it's just a reality. It's purple, purple underwear. Um, it doesn't work for the Dockers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but um, but there's there's a set that my wife knows, and again, this is you know the, the wife again. She knows that there's there's a set of purple undies that uh, need to be washed ahead of any race weekend. So she turns that she she puts the transponder on. You know, she'll help me sort of get the GoPro charging. She does all that and washes the purple undies. They're um, they're they're, they're the superstition. Absolutely, that that is um, that is cool. That is that is which who's the supercar guy with the green socks? I can't remember Shane. Was it um green socks? Uh, I can't remember. Isn't that Perkett? No, not Perkett. Garth Tander had the Tander. Yeah, Garth Tander had the green socks. Yeah, that he and then he ended up rolling a cart or something and never wore them again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There you go, purple undies. So anyone watching this now is going to be doing everything they can every time you turn up the track to go through your gear bag to find your purple jocks and skip them on you. If anyone takes my jocks, honestly, that's um, yeah, that's something else, right? <laughs> You're gonna look out on the track, and someone's gonna be scooting around with their jocks on your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait for uh, that that's a, that's cool. Oh well, no, that's enough yabbering on from me. I'm actually quite stoked we got to talk. Um, your consistency and form is is obviously uh, a tribute to your your driving. You say it's a lot of it's to do with the team. Flat out guys do an amazing job. Um, the way they're able to look after so many customers is is a real credit to them. But the, you you must have some sort of talent there to be able to keep that consistency going. I think your wife's the um, the wife's the big driver there. I was going to say it could have been your Italian heritage, but uh, it's probably more the the wife. Um, and good luck to your daughter as well. I can't you know hopefully she uh, takes on and and surpasses yourself. Thank you so much. It's been um yeah absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cool. Alrighty, oh, you're back with me now. <laughs> the um, all out of focus over here. Um, so backing up the question of you know the the superstitions. Um, I go and down the teammate path, mm. and if you could have a any any motorsport person from any era. Any category, you know, it doesn't matter, Formula One, drag racing, karting, whoever, in your team tent to be, you know, your, your mentor slash trainer, who would you want to be? Who would you want that to be? 
That is, that is a hard question, isn't it? Um, it's, it's, I think you look for me, it was always, it was almost Schumacher, to be honest with you. He's just, um, I don't know what it was, but just during that period, it's when, you know, that pinnacle of Formula One, he was in the, 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 the team that everyone wanted to be in. He rallied that team from nothing and he, he turned it into, um, to a dynasty, right? Um, and I think just, uh, the, the, what he could teach you would just be absolutely incredible, you know? So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely the idol. Okay. Didn't have Ayrton Senna for one week. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love Ayrton Senna, but I'm just like, can someone say something other than Ayrton Senna? That would be great. You know, I'll go, I'll go one other as well. It would be, I think, Sterling Moss. I think he he's just phenomenal, you know? So so you look back at what Sterling Moss sort Here of did. Here we go. Um, Agree you know, on that one. I've got, um, you know, as you come into my house, there's, there's sort of, uh, we've got like a, um, a charcoal drawing of um, back with the uh, you had the auto unions and you had the you know all those types of cars and 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 Sterling Moss driving the Targa Florio you know in that 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 SLR um, car you know just the the bravery um, that they yeah. had was just astonishing um, and I think he was just an astonishing sort of human to be honest with you as well you know outside of uh, outside of racing so so I'll throw that one in the ring just to try and give something different. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we've had Sterling Moss. Um, no. No, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing we have is Anyone from that area, you're Sterling Moss, and then you a slight, a little bit later, but uh, you know, Bruce McLaren, that sort of yep. self-made grit, more so than machinery era. I think, you know. Speaking of that era, there's uh, the Brabham documentaries out, which I don't know. I have a watch, but. That's for another topic. Um, yeah, it sounds good. Is it on? What's it out on? Because um, we also haven't seen, haven't seen to be sorry. I think it's Netflix. Oh, brilliant. Um, now the other thing, um, now you've obviously you know got a great support with your wife, and with the Dicker family. Who else has helped made your uh, journey in motorsport what it is? Um, you know, from sponsors, um, you know, or just general support people. Sure, sure. So, so probably, you know, if I if I look back well in the early days, um, like I said, my my parents did definitely didn't have the finances, and they definitely didn't have any sort of motorsport experience, but they they continued to support me and let me dream big, and I think um, I couldn't have really asked for much more from them than that, but. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I also had a, um, uh, a mentor um, back when I was probably uh, yeah, 17, 18 years old. His name was Rod Ridden. He owned his own um, sort of karting outfit at that time called Karts for Us. Um, and look, he, he, he sort of took me under his wing. He put the go-kart in his trailer. He took me around to all these cool places. And, um, and yeah, I, I really cut my teeth with, with him. So um, huge credit to, to him um, in supporting me when I was so young and um, yeah, yeah, letting me get out there and actually uh, get into this amazing sport. And um, when's your next race? Next race, so I think we've got um, City of Perth uh, titles coming up, so home home track, if you will, which is nice. Not not a huge amount of travel, so um, so yeah, we we uh, I think we're we're looking at October. So um, uh, yeah, I look, look up until then. I'm going to eat as much KFC as I can, and then there'll be a, another two and a half week diet. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll see if we can get back down to weight again. 
they might need to come out and hang with you with your, when you're on your diets. Um, it make getting around tracks a lot easier and <laughs> just not the KFC part of the diet, just the the cutting weight part of the diet. So. Yeah. And, and to be honest, it's half the reason I want to put a, uh, one of the younger people in the car next year because uh, I'm too due to go and buy a new seat that I can actually fit. You just want to eat KFC, don't you? <laughs> Those lovely the, the, Perry Perry burgers. There's, I've there's got the no... extra, yeah. I've got the extra <laughs> large seat in the simulator here. It's quite comfortable getting out of, and I've got the standard size with the small seat in the natural race car. And yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I just <laughs> now they, do you want to grab that that trophy behind you and, and show yeah what the King of the Hill trophy yeah. looked like this year? Sure thing. It's a very cool trophy. It's very colourful. Yeah, yeah, it's Incredible. just all lined up on the on the bench. So that's sort of, uh, but yeah, oh, fairly. It's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, phenomenal trophy. Um, yeah, and I think you know it's got the the ten year the ten year anniversary on there as well. And something something the uh, the One Dowie Kart Club did incredibly well is they actually during presentations they completely out of left field you had the top three places with the trophies and then I actually presented another trophy to the person who came 10th in the 10 year anniversary. So completely random, random thing. Yeah. I thought was, uh, it was fantastic attention to detail. Um, they just do an amazing job. So, um, so yeah, we're Chris very Mitchell. proud of this one. Chris Mitchell, if you're listening to this or watching this, I bloody well told you so that those 10th trophies were for the 10th anniversary for 10th place. That's all I'm just going to say. I was right, and that's yeah. what I'm going to say. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I was like, they're going to give away like 10th place trophies like in the in the two categories. That's really really cool. I I thought it was I thought it was a cool thing as well. And I was like, and it's just attention to detail, you know. Obviously, just thinking beyond the the standard, you know. And that that whole yeah. event, like the the One Dowie Car Club, it felt like a little mini Formula One track when you rocked up there. You know, there was banners and there was it, you know, and the day ran so so well. They were, they were incredible at uh, uh, maintaining the schedule. So yeah, yeah. No, look, and it's it was really cool. You know, access everywhere, and um, you know, f- canteen was great. Like so fast. You know, the, the poor ladies, and I don't think there's so many fellas in there. They might have been tucked behind the fridges somewhere, but um, you know, they were working their butts off all day. Mm. Um, you know, and smiles all day. Um, you know, the officials, you know, standing out there on the track all day. Um, yeah, the commentators were okay. You know, we don't want to give Chris and Chris and J-Mac too much of a big head, but uh, <laughs> I think, um, yeah. Chris the live was stream was, was brilliant as well. That was astonishing. Um, yeah. It was one of the better live streams I've watched for, for yeah. local motorsport. Um, it was probably one of the better ones I've watched full stop, to be honest. And yeah, it worked apart really from, well. Apart from my e-racing simulators, you know, yeah. Now, in terms of the in terms of actual motorsport, like that, that was that was amazing. You know, to have the timing, um, you know, it was just so well done. You know, I watched a little bit on my phone and some of the replays, and yeah, it was really cool. So, um, and that's uh, yeah, full credit to Full Style Four Four Style Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four style media. I, I look. I think you know, four style media. Like you said, the quality of that presentation. I've shown it to 
people you know who who I work with and and people who who thought go karting was the, the higher cart sort of stuff and you you put it out there and you got someone like Chris who's who's yelling till his horse in the throat about you know <laughs> taking the position and someone coming back and he puts so much passion into what he does he's incredible and then you've got this this fantastic quality in terms of you know the this the, the the cuts that they had and then immediately going back to replays at the end of the race and then the interviews um, yeah. I thought they brought a real spectacle to our sport and I, 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 I just fantastic job from, from four style media. Mm. Well, our time is up with you. Um, we breeze through the hour. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, the time yeah, we've just gone over a bit over an hour. Um, before we wrap up, is there any last people you want to give a bit of a shout out to um, anything you want to say to encourage people to check out karting or anything like that? Look, you know, um, again, I know I've said it before, but Greg Dicker, um, Sam Dicker, um, flat out cards, you know, I've got people, you know, so many people supported me, Michael Jones, you know, but um, if I don't say it, you know, I have to say it now. My, my, my wife, you know, Janelle and my daughters, Ella and Victoria for putting up for daddy, uh, putting, putting up with daddy when he's grumpy and he's, uh, he's tired and he's starving and he's trying to get to a race meeting and trying to lose his weight. They are, uh, yeah, they keep me they keep me going and they make me feel like a uh, a hero. So um yeah, my, my, my girls are pretty amazing. I'm I'm very lucky. But um if you if you're looking to get into karting, um highly recommend the, the flat out team and and look, it's uh it's something that uh you know if you want that raw, intense experience of motorsport, I, I don't think there's anything better out there. So yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Um we'll let you head off and get stuck into some KFC or something now that the uh, the restrictive uh, diets off, um, and yeah, congratulations again, third time winner of King of the Hill, and we'll I'm sure catch up next time. Absolutely, thanks so much, Shane. Thanks so much, Brent. Really appreciate it. It's been great. Cheers, Thank buddy. You. Ciao. Cheers, mate. Mm. Well, that was pretty cool. That was real cool, and he's uh, he's a rad dude. And I'm really liking getting to know more about karting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because obviously, you know, all the people we talk to, they all come from karting at some stage. Um, yep. So, yeah, to actually speak with a couple of karters has been pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's pretty cool. And what I'm liking, and maybe it's just because it's where I am in my life and I'm getting old and I'm looking towards the grave, whatever, and I'm liking to see, like, you know, we talked to um, – Joe, Tom, obviously, the, um, there is karting careers for, for older, you know, when, once you start to t- – because, like, to be honest, when you hit 30, um, you, you look at everyone else coming into motorsport and they're so much younger, so much faster and mm. capable straight out of the box, and, and it doesn't, you know, feel good. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to race for fun. And then you like you might as well just tap out and buy a boat or play golf and um, – yeah, and then you realise that hey, if you want to go back and hone your skills, or you you want to um, find something that's you can be really competitive in, it isn't going to break the bank, or you know, it's um, I think it's cool. Mm. So um, also up at the uh, event on the weekend, Adam Marjoram actually showed his face towards the end of the event um, and put up a post the next day asking if people reckon he should get back into doing some karting and. Well, I reckon he should. He was talking about getting a getting an XL for his old boy, yeah, and and doing that together. Maybe, 
maybe they should do cars together. Mm. You know? Cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so for people that are watching and haven't seen, this is actually Brent's car. Oh, yeah, that's one of, yeah, that's, uh, oh, wow. So just trying to get that without too much of a reflection. There we go, how's yeah. that? This is actually moving under its own power. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, it's a, it actually looks good on the track, eh? It, it looks like crap on jack stands in the shed at the moment, but it's not a bad rig. And it's man, it boogies. out as well. Oh, I want to. I want to really do. I, I want to change the exhaust stuff. I want it to come out the door like the time, proper time attack cars, or like a you know a true sports sedan. <laughs> uh, probably not going to happen this season, but yeah, yeah probably not. Um, but yeah, we're actually uh, part. Oh, that would be loud where it was. That photo is that like flag point just on the way into the pits? Yep. Yes, yeah, so that's just as I change gear. It's yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I now have ear, I have big earmuffs now for when I'm there. Yeah, it's um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, they, they that's they, beautiful, few, Shane. The few other uh, photos behind at the moment. Oh, what's and, the one uh, in the formula car that's just said? Look at that. That's uh, Nick Perkett. That is baller. That was when he did his F1000 test before uh, setting a lap record. And that then, is a beautiful uh, photo. One that, I'm with royalty. Say that. Um, this one. Is that a uh, what's that formula? That's Gary West's car. Oh yeah, yeah the um, is it a Nismo? I can't remember. What it, yeah. yeah, it's a Nismo. I can't remember the model. But, but yeah, um, it's rocket ship. Yeah, it's the MP something. Wow, that's a killer shot. No, that was that was a Bathurst. Uh, Oh, when you went over for the hill climb, masters yeah, for the hill thingy climbs last year's. Yeah. Ah, wicked. But um, yeah, slowly getting the new background for the podcast sorted out, and a few of those photos are going to feature. Oh man, proud! Thank you. Um. Anyway, episode twenty-one done and dusted. Uh, next week, um, I'm not going to jinx it. Every time, every week, I say DJ Labsh is going to be on next week. And then he's not. Um, but we'll see what happens. And then the week after that is... Ooh, I'm excited about this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Molly Taylor jumping on to chat with us. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go rallying, which is the week, of course, of the South uh, Southwest Forest Rally here in Western Australia. So beautiful timing by her to say yes to coming on the show. Um, yeah, looking forward to that chat. Yeah, and they've got some um, that uh, rally that's coming up. They've got some wicked stuff planned. I was talking to John on Sunday afternoon. Um, big shout out to John, the uh, helping organise some of that stuff, and it's going to be a big event. I think uh, mm. the whole of the country's eyes are on WA for this event because a we're in WA and it's, you know, next to Darwin, the best state in the country. Um, and uh, we're allowed to do this sort of stuff. We're allowed to yep. get together in groups. We're allowed to go racing. We're able to because we're washing our hands and keeping our masks on and doing all that good stuff. And so. keeping Clive Palmer, the piece of shit, towed out of Western Australia. Yep, and keeping... Sue me. 
Oh, don't give him the chance. He will. Um, uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're lucky in WA. We can't take it for granted. So everyone has to make sure they do all the right things. Yep. Um, because yeah, man, to have to go through, like I've got a couple of mates in, in Melbourne, big motorsport guys work for big motorsport companies and they are, it's, it's bad times over there, man. It's not good. Alrighty, episode 21, done and dusted. Usual streaming services, follow, like, all the yes, yada, yada, blah, blah. See you next week.